Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What if I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you can be prepared for your tomorrow? Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get On Course. God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love in that you minister unto the saints and do minister. Watch this now. There are times because of the gift that you gave, because of the thing that you sowed, God, listen, when, when, when you do something wrong and the enemy comes now with, ju- with judgment on his mind because the enemy, you know what the enemy says? Here's how he try to play. He says, God, to serve justice, you must judge this person. The Bible says in James 2.13 that mercy triumphs over judgment. And so what God does, God reminds the devil about the gift that you sold. And watch this. And the Bible says even after Abel died, it still spoke. It still what? Spoke. God is testifying about something you're doing. And the pressure came on your life because the enemy is trying to get you to stop doing that. He's trying to convince you you can't afford to do this thing anymore. You can't afford to, to walk in love anymore. You can't afford to just, let, to just to be in forgiveness. You can't afford it. He's showing you where it's a deficit in your life. I'm here to tell you tonight, keep doing it. Cast not away your confidence. It has great recompense of reward. Glory to God. Now, y'all, y'all don't have to shout. I'm going to get a happy mouth. I'm going to take a run in the middle. Look at verse 5. The Bible says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had what? Translated him. Now, finish the verse with me. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he what? Now, you see the word testimony in verse 5 and the, and the word testifying in verse 4 uh, and the word uh, witness in verse 4? And the word obtain, or a good report rather, good report in verse uh, 2, they're all the same Greek word. Before Enoch walked with, listen, first God will walk with you. When you don't know God, he'll walk with you. Protect you, keep you out of junk. But then he expects a time to come where he ceases to walk with you and you choose to walk with him. When you begin to walk with God, it's going to be the same testimony like like Enoch had. Enoch walked with God and was not broke, was not lonely, was not sick, was not hungry. You got it? Was not discouraged. When When you start walking with God, the things that are in your life right now, they will cease to be. But the problem is you're satisfied having God just walk with you. Now get this. The Bible says, and you go down to verse 39, it's the same thing. It talks about obtaining a report, how God will begin to talk about you concerning the thing that you're doing. My question is, what are you doing? What are you, what are you doing? We say we have faith, but what are, what are you doing? What are you putting your hand to? You, uh, we say, well, Pastor, we want our church to go. We want our church to be edified. What are you doing to make it happen? Well, we're praying. Well, you know what I think about that. I told you. Okay, you can pray, but how long are you going to pray before you do something? And let me, get, let, me, let, me, let me respond to the Holy Spirit with this right here. You know, and this is the first night, so we're not going to give you everything the first night, but let me say this. 
there, there are some of us here who would, who would obey the Lord and do what we believe the Holy Spirit is asking us to do, but we're so afraid. You are so afraid. Fear is stopping you. The only reason you're not doing it is because, and some of you are doing things right now because you're afraid. I wonder what would happen if you dispensed with the fear, got with the Lord, found out what he wanted, and in spite of the opposition, and in spite of the persecution, and in spite of the fact that some folk are not going to like it, you obey the Lord. I wonder what would happen in your life if you weren't held hostage by the deacon board. Held hostage. No. Held hostage by the folk that have been in your church forever. I wonder what would happen if you weren't living for popularity. I wonder what would happen. <laughs> you see, I got the middle in the candle. Okay, let's, let's leave, we leave it alone. We leave it alone. We're going to talk about that in private. Pastors, we got too many folk here for us to just, we're going to deal with that. Amen? I, I want to leave you with this tonight. I'm not going to work you too long. In order for your faith to work, it must have corresponding actions. Go to James chapter 2. I want to speak to you a little bit about corresponding actions. Everything you see around you came as a result of faith. Now, now, now the members know this, but I, I, want, I want to appeal to the members. I want to talk to you. And I, want, I want to give you the, the, um, the long and short of it. We started this church in our master bedroom the first week of December 1996. When we started the church, I received a phone call from a local pastor, and he told me, he says, I'm going to blackball you from here to Atlanta and as far west as Oklahoma. He said, you, he says, everybody's going to know your name. He said, he, matter of fact, he said these words to me. He said, I'm going to destroy you. I knew the Lord well enough. To, my response to him was, well, I can't tell you exactly what I said. <laughs> it was something like, you've never met a person like me. I didn't say it like that. It was 13 years ago. Come on. I told him, you've never met a person like me. And I said, here's what I said. I said, here's, I said, here's the, now he had destroyed some people before. And I said, here's the difference between me and the people that you killed. Is that I know the word. I know what the word says. And I know I'm on the right side of the word. So there's nothing you could do. And our master bedroom, with two families agreeing to help us, we started the church. And everything that we had became the church. Our living room was children's church. Our master bedroom, uh, we, we, we were renting a house from a doctor, so they, I think it was uh, 400 square feet inside, and then they had a back porch, a closing back porch, that they had, I think a hot tub or something used to be there. That was another 400 square feet, so we had 800 square feet. And I, I used to stand at the threshold of the door when we got full and, speak, and preach to 40 people over here, 40 people over here. The neighbors complained. They kicked us out. We moved to the civic center. We rented two rooms, and every time something happened to bump us, we called it the Lord. Yes. Every time people persecuted us and we had to move, we, called, we said it was the Lord. Whenever the circus came to town and we couldn't use the civic center, we went to a recreation center, we said it was the Lord. Everything that happened was the Lord because we believe that God called us to do it. Yes. Now, I'm going to tell you this. You could say all day long what you believe. And you could wait for opportune season 
to act your faith. But here's the rule. Your faith has got to be operative all the time. Matter of fact, you're going to make your, your, the most progress when the opposition is against you. When, when, when the odds are against you, you will make the most progress. But you've got to know, as a matter of fact, do you know, uh, you know, we, we, uh, the, the, uh, I was flying. How many of you ever seen the helicopter land when we come in on Sunday mornings? How many of you see it? Okay. Have you ever noticed that we land uh, in different directions certain times? Here's why. The pilots explained to me that they have to land, I believe it's into the wind. They have to, they have to when, 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 the, uh, when the plane takes off, or, or when a plane takes off or when it lands, it has to land into the wind. There's something about the wind. It needs the resistance. An aircraft can't get airborne without resistance. But every time God allows resistance to come your way, you stop trying, start crying, and God has to extract you from the process because he knows you can't handle it. Why don't you just take advantage of the adversarial wind? Everybody shout, I need contrary wind. I need contrary wind. Now you said, some of you go, I shouldn't say that. Listen to me. Expl- let me explain this to you. Whether you say it or not, it's going to come. Listen, here's the question. What are you going to do with it? James chapter 2. James chapter 2. Verse 14. Is this blessing you? (laughs) When I get finished, I'm going straight to bed. Verse 14. My daughter's looking at me and laughing. What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and hath not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace and be warm and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, now we engage the like-as principle. In Scripture, there's a hermeneutical law called the like-as principle. And what, it's, what, it, what, what the Holy Spirit seeks to do is to show you something in the natural, hold it up before you, get you to understand it thoroughly, and says to you, if you understand this natural thing, now let me show you a spiritual thing that's just like it. Yes. Romans chapter 1, I think verses 19 and 20 says that the invisible things of God are clearly understood, being, being understood by the things that are seen. You got it? Or clearly seen, being understood by the things of the scene. So God will show you something in the natural, and if you can understand the natural thing, he says, now look at the, this invisible thing, thing is just like that. He says, if, you, if a brother or sister comes to you, and they have need of something, and you have it, and don't give it to them, but you speak words to them, here's, what, here's the thing. God says, the, the Holy Spirit wants to know, does it do them any good? Sensible people say what? No. So here's what he's saying to you. Even so, in the same way, if Faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Now, let me show you this. Let me show you this. Say, Pastor, do you have faith? I don't have to answer you. You know what I tell you? Look around. No, it's true. It speaks for itself. Now, that's one thing about it. I'm going to tell you something. We, now, we can fabricate all kinds of stuff. We can make stuff up. Yes, now, folks, we make stuff up. Uh, they have, uh, in church, they have a thing they call evangelistic numbers. You know, you know what evangelistic numbers are? You got 75 people, and they say, how many, how many are you running, Doc? You say, well, I, we got about 150. 
about maybe 150, maybe, maybe even 200. You ain't got about 50 folk, 75 folk. But he's not lying. Those are, those are called evangelistic numbers. We don't do evangelistic numbers. We purge our roles every 90 days. You don't come to church in three months, you're off the roll. Oh, my members are going, I didn't know that. I'm reminding you. <laughs> you got it? So we don't do evangelistic numbers. And here's why. Because I want, I want God to, to grow my faith into what he's called me to do. Pastor, is this building feeling Sunday morning? Not yet. Not in the natural. But just know there's a whole bunch of us, our faith is pulling that thing down. And, and, and understand this, we're not, we're not in unfamiliar territory. Every time God has ever put us in a building, we never filled it until God get ready to fill the thing. Yes. So when you ask me, Pastor, is the building filled? I'll tell you, it's filled in the spirit, but not in the natural yet. But keep watching. Stay tuned. Yes. Amen. Now watch, <laughs> watch this now. What, what verse did I stop? Verse what? 18. Look at verse 19. Thou believest that there's one God, thou doest well. They're in good company. The devils also believe and tremble. But will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is Faith without works is what? It's dead. So now what I want to do now, I want to deal with this word works just for about, can you give me 10 minutes? Okay, 10 minutes. Give me 10 minutes and we'll be done. Now let me show you this. This word works is the Greek word ergon that means, and I'm going to show you the difference again between ergon and kopos. There are two words that, that, that pop up in scripture. It is the word labor and the word works. Say those words. We say the word labor, labor. and works. works. Say it again. Labor, labor. and works. The difference between labor and works, one word, the word labor is the word kopos in the Greek, and the word works is the word ergon. We get our word ergonomic from it. Here's the difference. Um, when I, when, when the, the artisan that built this pulpit, when he was building it, it cost him material, it cost him hours, and it took a toll on his body. He would sweat every time he would work on, on, the, on the podium. And so he charged me based on his labor. Labor is what the thing does to you. You got it? But if you stay your course... You'll be able to look at what the thing does to you is called labor, but what you do to it is called work. How many of you think his work is real nice? Good work, isn't it? That's good work. I said good work. Okay, now, what you have to understand is we don't get to make up the work as we go along. Here's the problem that we've been having with faith, is that most times when believers are put in a position where we have to act in faith, we don't know what to do. We know that faith without works is dead, but we don't know exactly what to do. Now, Mark has my question. How, who determines what we do? Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to, you have to trust that God is like a person, he's a real person, and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid, and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Yes. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. 
pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, featuring the lead single, It Is So. Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, in stores now and available at all digital outlets. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Who, det- who determines what, what works go with what I'm believing for? And that's a problem. I was sitting in Bishop's car. We're riding in Texas along the highway. And, and I say this, I say this in, in much affection. Sometimes when Bishop drives, he scares me. He's preaching, he's talking, he's saying, and, he, and he's telling me, beloved. And the car's going, I'm like, Bishop. He, he, get, he gets back on the road and he, and he gets excited. He's preaching, he's boxing, and he's talking to me. I'm like, please look at the road. You know? And I just said, I said, you know what? If the man of God is going to wreck, I'm going to wreck with the man of God. <laughs> but one of those moments, he's, he's talking to me about the word of God. And here's what he says. He said, what we miss is the word of God is divided into commandments, promises, and rewards. Now, you say, are promises rewards? No, because under rewards, we have warnings. You got it? Cautions. It's commandments, promises, and here's how it works. God will give you a promise... And here's how it works. God gives you a promise, and the purpose of the promise is to create a picture of hope on the inside of you. Psalm 119, verse 49 says, Remember thy word unto thy servant upon which you have caused me to hope. The word causes you to hope. If the, the word paints a picture on the inside of you, I'm going to show you something that's powerful. The, the word paints a picture on the inside of you, and based on what you see, sometimes you know what to do. Based on what you see, you know what to do. But sometimes it's so, the picture that it paints is so vast, there's so much to do, you don't know where to start. So the, the promise creates a picture, but also he will give you commandments based on the promise. Problem is, the way scripture is written, the promise may be in one book and the commandment may be in another book. I'll give you a good example. When God commands us to forgive, it's not because he wants you to hurt. The reason he asks you to forgive is because the commandment to forgive is a corresponding action of faith. Whatever God commands you to do, that's a co- it's like this. It's like this. If, if, I have, if I'm filling buckets, and on Thursday night I say to you, I'm filling red buckets. And so the line is filled with people bringing red buckets, and you show up with a yellow bucket. I say, well, no, we fill yellow buckets on Tuesdays. You're not going to fill a bucket? No. Go get your red bucket and come. Another guy coming with a green bucket. Well, that's Wednesday. But on this night, we're filling red buckets. That's what God is doing. God is telling you which bucket to bring to him. He's telling you which bucket he's going to fill. That's what commandments are. That's why he said it's important. If you love me, he said, keep my... Not because, I'm not trying to box you in. I'm telling you what buckets I'm filling. Boy, you know what? I'm more excited than you are. The commandment is the, is the corresponding action. Now, listen to this. The word correspond comes from a Latin word that means to work together or to respond together. A corresponding action, the word, another definition of the word correspond is to communicate. You got it? So imagine this. You, the word of God created a belief on the inside of you. I'm trying to help you. 
You went to the doctor, he gave you an evil report. But the word created a picture on the inside of you. You see what it looks like, but now God tells you certain things to do. He said, I, I, you know, I just can't do that. He tells you you rest one day in seven. Under the new covenant, we're not, listen, we don't, we're, not, we're not held to the law, but it's a principle. The principle of resting one day in seven. He, he, he tells you now, we don't, we don't go by the, the Jewish dietary laws, but there are dietary constraints that we must consider. And the first one, you ready for the first one? The most important dietary law, you ready for this? Bless your food. Oh, you're looking for something deep? No, 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 let me tell you what you do. Here's you in the restaurant. First you scan your sector to see if anybody's looking. Then you do this. Or some of you don't even pray anymore. You think he told you to offer thanks over your food as some kind of religious ritual? It's a commandment. It's, it's a work of faith. What he's telling you, this, is, this corresponding action will bless you. You say, the Lord keeps my body well. Right? You say that. So the action, so what did I do? Number one, he says bodily exercise profited little. He's not, listen, he says it's little as compared to godliness, exercising yourself to godliness. He's not saying it's irrelevant. He said it's important, but in the spiritual scheme of things, it's small compared to the spiritual thing. But I got to exercise my body. I, I got to eat well. Got to, got to bless my food. You got it? Watch it now. Now he said, well, that's so simple. You see, here's the problem with you. We got so daggone deep that we done left the whole thing that God told us to do. And you say, you say, you say man, Pastor, I came here to hear you tell me bless my food. Yes, Pastor. Because it is a corresponding action. It's called a work of faith, and faith without works is dead. Here's, here's another simple thing. Another simple thing. We believe it for the church to grow. Well, preach the word. See how simple that is? He said, preach the word. Not your opinion, not your conviction. Preach the word. Not what you think, not what you believe. Preach the word. It's simple. When you understand that God refuses to have you bring to him. Now, let me tell you what we do. We say, I'm believing God for something. So you go make up your own action. You have no word from the Lord. And if you do have a word from the Lord, you have a word from the Lord, but you can do it the way you want to. You know what God did in the Old Testament when these two priests brought to him strange fire? The rule was you offer the sacrifice, you get the fire off the altar, and you bring it into the holy place. That was the rule. And you light the candle. You know what they did? They decided, man, somebody pulled out a bick. And they said, man, forget this. I ain't going through all that. I ain't going back out into the outer court. And as soon as they lit it, God killed them. And told their father, don't you dare cry. How many of you understand how this works? I want, if you were to go through now and begin to think, what is it that you're doing right now that is not authorized? It's strange fire. You say you believe in God, but you didn't go to the word to find out in this situation, what does God command? If your brother offends you, go to him. It's a corresponding action of faith. He says, suppose they, suppose they don't receive me. Then you, you, your peace returns to you. That's, your faith just brought your peace back to you. You did what God told you to do. Okay? All right? How many of you following this? Okay, now, also, I want to give you some examples from Scripture. I'm going to go down and, and just tell you stories. 
blind Bartimaeus in Mark 10. Don't turn there, just write this down. Mark 10, verse 46 through 52. He displayed a shameless urgency in his works. He simply did not care, nor could he afford to be swayed by public opinion. They were telling him not to say anything. The general consensus meant nothing to him. Matter of fact, what Bartimaeus figured out was they already could see. Mm -hmm. So he didn't mind risking embarrassment to become a social leper. He was already blind. And they tell him, don't, don't say anything. And he kept hollering, Jesus, that's not, now let me tell you this. What he did, he released his faith by risking embarrassment. Now, now get this. When you look at, now you're not like to look everything up. We become embarrassed when we experience a socially unacceptable act in the presence of others. But when you're in desperate need, you cannot allow your pride or critical others to determine what is socially acceptable. And so he releases faith by doing things that other people say, I'd never do that. That's the thing that God will tell you to do. And that is how God, de God determines who are, the who are the chosen among the call. Many are called, few are. And he determines who the chosen are by the ones that's willing to sometimes do that which is not socially acceptable. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. In John 9, there's a man, he's been blind from birth. He's visually impaired. And Jesus tells him he wants to be healed. Now, now watch this. The Lord tells him, go wash in the pool of Salaam. Does anyone see the difficulty here? Anybody, what's the difficulty? He's blind. The Lord tells him to go wash in the pool of Salaam, which was two miles away from where they were. You read this, the text, you'll see. You, you do the math. He was two miles away. And this man, now watch this. You know what he could have said? <laughs> Can't you see I'm blind? And what happens to many of us, we become frustrated when in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our struggle, God puts a demand on us to do something that we, you think you peaked out. I can't do it anymore. I can't take it anymore. And God says, yes, you can. I need you to do this. Yes, yes. And what you don't realize is all you've been through has brought you to this point so that God can get you to equal to push you over the edge. Yes. So the man, as best he could, found his way to the pool of Salaam, and the Bible said, and he came back seeing. Now watch this. Jesus is standing at, at the wedding feast. He's standing against the wall, and his mother comes to him. They'll have no more wine. Jesus says, uh, says to her, woman, what does it have to do with me? She, she turns to the men that are serving and says, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And she walks off. And Jesus turns to them and gives them a strange instruction. Get this. The water pots that you wash your hands in, he says, empty them and bring them. Go fill them with water. Now, these, the Jews are thinking, to do what? You understand what this is? These, these are the water pots that, you, that they wash in. And these people are serious. They wash their hands from the elbow down. It's a ritual cleansing. He said, get, get those pots right there. Hey, uh, bring me some water in those pots. 
and they did exactly what he said, and a miracle was produced. I wonder what God is asking you to do right now. Say, Pastor, but I don't hear the Lord like that. Sometimes you don't have to hear. Sometimes he puts it right in front of you, and it's the only thing you could do. Sometimes he removes all the obstacles so that you know what you're supposed to do. My question is, do you want God's best in your life bad enough to do what he asks you to do? That's my question to you. Are you willing to obey the Lord and do whatever he asks you to do? Turn to your neighbor. You know my name. Ask him, are you willing to do what you have to do to get God's best in your life? So in this case, the man was obedient in spite of his limitations. And many of us, what we will do, we'll, we'll, we'll look to our, we, we come to God with the word. I believe your word. He came to Jesus because he knew Jesus was healing. We say, I come with the word. And watch this now. And as soon as the Lord said what he wants us to do, we start magnifying the limitation. We start magnifying the word. Our next example of a person who, who did some works was the government official, the nobleman of John chapter 4. He wanted Jesus to go to his house and heal his son. Instead, Jesus sent him home with a challenge and a promise. Here's what Jesus said to him. Except you see, it was John chapter 4. He said, except you see a sign, you won't believe. And the guy is like, Lord, if you don't come, a son will die. And the Lord said, tell you what, go, you go on to your house. Your son be okay. The nobleman turns and walks off. And when he gets home, his son is healed. Now, here's the thing about it. Here's what gets me with this. Many of us, Many of us, when we get the word, we say, it's not enough. Years ago, I had a lady leave the church. She, she, she um, wrote me a letter. She said, Pastor, she said, Pastor, you know, I love you. I've been, with the, I've been with you for a while. She said, but you teach the word, and I need more. She said, I need preaching. I need something I can feel. She did. And I said, you mean feel how? She says, you know, te- teaching doesn't work for me. I need something, I need something to make me excited. I said, the word doesn't excite you? She said, well, it just doesn't work for me like that. That's how many of us are. If the Lord had said, go home, go home, your son will be okay. He said, you know, he ain't got no heart. He's just heartless. I came to him with a problem. He sent me home to me. It's going to be okay. What about when he speaks the word to me, when I find the word, I say, well, praise God, I got God's word on it. Once you get God's word on it, Paul told the church in Thessalonica, he said, he said, we praise God that when you receive the word, you receive it as the word of God, as it is indeed, and not as the word of men. I wonder how many people sitting in here in church Sunday after Sunday, midweek service after midweek service, getting the word of God and treating it like it's the word of a man. You know what God is tired of? I'm going to say this by the Holy Spirit. You bring your problem to church. You sit under the word for an hour. You're baptized in the word of God. Right off the, right the page of scripture. And then you leave the same way you can. You know why? Because you didn't factor the word into your problem. And you're saying, well, did the word help you? Well, you know, not, not really. What do you mean? It didn't help you? The word doesn't help God's word didn't help you? I like to say this. In scripture, when, when, when God shows up, a lot of things are said. You see people being slain in the spirit. You see people actually falling dead. In one situation, the priest couldn't stand to minister. Another time when God shook the mountain, the people were fearful for their life. But you never saw anywhere in Scripture where God showed up and people were bored. That's right. That's right. Or, watch this. Or God showed up and spoke a word, and, and people said, well, I didn't hear. No, no, no. And you heard something. 
We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Heart Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama, and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website, nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. We invite you to follow Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, on Twitter, at Hart Ramsey, on Facebook, at Hart Ramsey Media, and on Instagram, at Hart Ramsey. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to dive into God's Word as we get on course with Hart Ramsey.